Good morning. It's good to see you guys. This is uh, another piece of the puzzle, if you didn't know. A uh, little addition here to the front. Uh, a little extra room for me to fall off of, I think, is uh, part of a trap. But uh, no, uh, actually, this is uh, this is uh, integral an integral piece to the, to the new sound system. Uh, this part of the stage will house our subwoofers. If you want to know how big our subwoofers are, they fill those holes down there. So that's that's uh, get ready, okay? Just get ready. But uh, no, we're we're excited about that. I'm excited about getting to see the words on the screen, not having to like stare like either side of these speakers over here, which I've been doing for years. <laughs> oh man. Uh, but uh, no, we really are excited about that and uh, thankful, thankful to Triad for helping us make this happen and for uh, uh, Blackhawk and Nathan. Nathan has, had, has a ton of work in on all of this. So uh, give him a hug and pat him on the back and I don't know, give him like extra long hug, make him try to feel uncomfortable or something maybe. I don't know. But uh, no, we uh, we're excited about all this. Let's uh, let's jump into to what we're talking about today. I've got a a week here, a couple of weeks here, where we're not in a series, uh, which can be a dangerous thing for a pastor because you never know uh, which way he's going to go. Uh, and to be honest with you, one of the things I've been praying about was uh, that we could use this morning together as the church to uh, just kind of like refocus a little bit, just who we are. Um, and, and and listen, that can go so many ways, and we can talk through. Uh, so many pieces of that, uh, and at the end of the day, I, I just, I really just want to go to scriptures uh, and and just let the scriptures lead us uh, kind of through this. And so uh, I'm going to kind of bounce through several things this morning, and uh, I'm just praying that uh, that it's it's what the Lord wants to say. That's been my prayer. Uh, but uh, this morning we're talking uh, we're talking about who we are, uh, and we're talking about our calling to it. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, investment, uh, investments, one of my, I, I actually, I actually love investments. Uh, I never thought I'd be that guy. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm probably very different than a lot of people with how I invest, uh, in things. Uh, I, I'm not a stock market guy. Uh, I'm not a real estate guy. Uh, I, I'm, I have invested over the years, you know, and this is probably just out of just pure stupidity uh, and the Lord's grace. Uh, but I've invested in in collectible things and uh, vehicles, and I mean, people tell you those are terrible things to invest in. Uh, uh, but it's worked for me, uh, and I'm grateful. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, baseball cards or uh, you know old car or whatever. Uh, you know, I had this had this conversation uh, uh, cruising and grooving last night. One of the guys from church was standing there, and he was asking me about the car and was you know one of my cars and what you know what's it worth and all this kind of stuff. And I, I was like, it's worth a lot. I was like, but I didn't give a lot for it. I was like, you know, I got it many, many years ago. Talked my wife into getting an equity line on our house to buy it. Good luck, dudes, trying that out. Um, my wife is amazing, <laughs> by the way. Uh, and uh, and we got it, and we we did get it, and uh, and I'm grateful because I was telling him I was like, the thing's probably worth like three times what I gave for it, you know, back then. Uh, I couldn't afford it now, uh, and I'm so grateful for that. Uh, but. Uh, I, I, I bring that up just to say it's it's easy for us to kind of get in this mode and mentality of like you know our investments and like what we're investing in and, and generally speaking when we're doing that we're thinking about 
you know, a long-term, like, why, why do I do this? Why will I do this? Why is it worth it, right? And uh, there's our magic word, right? Worth it. Why is it worth it? And, uh, you know, for uh, many moons now here at 24, we've been talking about uh, those words, worth it. And, and the truth is, is that there are, obviously, there are investments in our own personal lives that are worth it uh, so that we can maybe have a retirement or whatever it may be. But it's easy to get caught up in that and miss the investments that we can make for the kingdom. And I truly believe, I truly believe that the greatest investment that we can make for the kingdom of God comes within the bride of Jesus. You know, if you, if you look at it, and we're not going to read it today, if you want to go read it later on or whatever, uh, Ephesians chapter 5, and it's kind of funny because it probably should be my main passage today, but I'm not going to read it. The second half of Ephesians 5, we see Paul uh, teaching to the church at Ephesus about, uh, you know, how Christ loves the church and what he did for his bride, the church, his bride. Uh, and, and let's make clear here, when I'm talking about bride today, I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the bride of Jesus. Uh, and what we see in that passage we, is we see Jesus' love for his bride, and then we also see Paul uh, challenging us as believers in how, especially like as husbands, how we should love our brides, uh, those, those, those ladies that we marry. And so it's kind of a both and, but he's using this illustration uh, to show, you know, what Christ did for his bride and how he gave his life up for her and how he shows her without wrinkle or spot or any such thing. It's, it's actually like super romantic. People get like way hung up on like, uh, you know, you know, wives submit to your husbands and all this kind of stuff. But you got to think about like this. Uh, and and I, I, the last, I love, I always re, always read through that passage when I'm doing premarital counseling uh, and sometimes what I like to call postmarital counseling, uh, you know, but uh, uh, it's funny because I had I had somebody recently that I was going through this with that I was about to marry, and uh, I wasn't marrying them. You know what I mean? Preacher talk. And so uh, anyway, uh, you know, we were getting ready for the wedding, and, and I had them go through this passage and then come back and talk to me about it. And and this lady, she's a great lady and like super independent and has accomplished a lot of things in her life. And she comes in and boy, she is she's ready to rock. I mean, she's ready to like you know throw down about this passage. She is wound up, you know. And and I'm like, hey, you know, let's let's talk about it for a few minutes. What? Tell me tell me your thoughts. And she's like, oh, I got some thoughts, you know. And I was like, okay, well tell tell me about them, you know. And so she's like, I just don't know about all this, you know, submitting to my husband kind of thing. I said, let me ask you a question. I said, did you read all the stuff that he's supposed to do there? And she's like, well, yeah, I read all of it. I said, good. I said, good. I said, um, let me ask you a question. Do you think that if you had a husband that was willing to do the things that Christ did for his church, you'd be willing to follow his lead? And she's like, what do you mean? I said, well, that's what that passage is talking about. It's talking about what Jesus did for his bride. Like He literally was willing to give his life up for her. And for us as Christian men, our calling uh, to lead our homes, lead our families is to follow Jesus. I said, I said, do you love Jesus? And she said, yeah. I said, do you love your husband? She said, yes. I said, would you follow your husband if you know that his, his number one goal in life and intent was to follow Jesus and to lead you toward him? She's like, yeah. I was like, okay, that's what we're talking about, Right? You know, that passage brings to life so much for us. And, and I think, if nothing else, just how much Jesus loves us as the body of believers, as the church, right? 
And that's, that's this huge piece of the puzzle. You know, and I, I get, I get that there's all kinds of people with all kinds of church baggage. We could probably unpack church baggage for weeks and months and years, maybe even with just, you know, just letting everybody tell their stories about how they got jacked up by a church somewhere along the way because this church did this or this person said this to them or they, you know, mishandled this or they did that. Look, it, it's going to happen. That stuff is going to happen because we're sinners and we make up the church. We are the church, not a building. We know that. And so for us this morning, I think to recognize the greatest investment that we could make is in the bride of Jesus, is this huge piece of the puzzle for us this morning. And it, and it should challenge us where we are. In fact, I just want to, uh, to kind of to go back to like our, our statement, you know, a little bit of our, you know, mission statement here. You know, we, we have these three words, gospel, family, mission. Gospel family mission. And, and there's, there's a lot of meaning behind each one of those things. Uh, for us, gospel is, is the truth of Jesus, that we, that we hang on that, that we trust in the scriptures. Uh, you know, one of the things about investments, and I, I spent a little time this week, and I have, honestly, I've never really done this, which is kind of fun. It was, I enjoyed doing it anyway. I don't know. It's like, I guess it's probably like leadership principle stuff that I just hadn't read through before. But I actually went and was like studying online. Like rules, I actually looked up rules of investment. I've never done that before, by the way. Rules of investments. And uh, by the way, I break a whole bunch of them, which is pretty funny. Uh, but, but, there's, but there was like some very common ones kind of throughout as I was reading different people's lists. And, and, and I, I want to share some of those with you today as they pertain to what God is calling us to do in the scriptures. I'm not trying to let that lead us. I'm trying to let the word lead us. In fact, the very first one talking about gospel, uh, you know, one of, those, one of those principles that they talked about was use the wisdom of experts. Use the wisdom of experts. Well, you know, where, where are the experts, you know? And, and so I was thinking about that. I was thinking, you know, for us, the expertise comes from the scriptures, what does God's word say? We believe, we believe in the Bible as, as his word, as his truth, and that God wants to lead us through it. 2 Timothy 3, 14 says this. 2 Timothy 3, 14 says this. By the way, if you don't have a Bible, I guess we get our ushers to maybe bring some Bibles. I'm so sorry. Uh, and throw your hand up if you need one. I'd love for you. We're going to bounce through some scriptures. I'd love for you to be able to see them with us. And if you're taking notes, good luck. Uh, 2 Timothy 3, 14 says this. It says, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have, have been adequately with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Here you go, verse 16. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. That's what the scriptures do for us. That's God's word speaking into our lives. If we're letting him do that, he wants to lead us in these things. He wants to lead us in how we invest in this life. And, and, and that's the question today is what, what are we doing to invest, right? 
Furthermore, we, you know, we've got gospel, then we've got family, we've got mission, you know, these, these three things. I, I got to thinking about, you know, family, you know, for us, you know, what, what does that look like for us, you know, and, and one of the things that I got to thinking about was as a family, you know, especially I, I just, I can speak more for 24 than anything. We just have so many different types of people with so many different kinds of needs. I mean, and this is becoming, uh, at times, just to be honest with you, it, it is a little overwhelming because I, I think to myself, you know, we, we feel called to minister to these people, and we feel called to minister to these people, and we feel called to minister to these people, and then we just, even just within our body, we have all different types of folks dealing with different types of things, going through different types of things, having all different kinds of needs. And we have, we have scriptures in the, you know, that, that Paul wrote to the Corinthians and things like that where he, he talks about the need for, and I'm not even getting into this today, I'm just this is a side note, uh, where he talks about every one of us being a different body part of the body. And that our calling to serve is so very important. And it makes so much sense because we all have something to give to different types of people with different types of needs. And this call for us to be family, I think, kind of lines up with this principle that I was reading in the little you know, investment thing. And, 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 it, and, and the principle is don't put all your eggs in one basket. And more simply put, diversify. Now, you heard, you've heard that terminology probably before, you know, somewhere along the way by people that talk about that kind of stuff. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Diversify. You know, and I think for us as believers, I think this is kind of what we do. We compartmentalize our engagement with the family of God, with the body of God, with the church. And so we, we kind of say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do my church thing here and then I got everything else. What's the greatest investment we've got? The kingdom. The kingdom. The work of Jesus. Why would, why would we compartmentalize what we're called to do as ministers of the gospel as a Sunday morning thing? Or a Sunday and a such and such thing? Or, or whatever. Listen, it should be our life. We should be wherever we go and whatever we do, we see somebody hurting that we work with, it's opportunity to minister to them. Hey, what's going on with you? Hey, can, I, can, I, can I pray with you? Are you okay? If you need me, I want you to know I'm here for you. Oh, we can't do that at work. Yeah, you can. Come on. Fight the system, right? Come on, you can do this. This is our calling. This is like part of the greatest thing that we get to be a part of as we are alive on earth is to get to be part of the breathing body of Jesus, his bride, living, breathing, ministering, loving with his love. Such a great opportunity. Romans 12, Romans 12 verse 9 says this. It says, let love be genuine. Arbor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. That's family. 
That's making time for people. That's spending time with people. That's eating with people. You need some scripture about eating with people? It's all over the place. I can give you a whole bunch of them. It's about helping people, checking on people, loving people. Here in the body and out there wherever God is putting us and the people that he's putting in our lives. It's, it's all opportunity for us to, to be a part of something great for the kingdom of God. I think for so many of us, and I'm guilty of this, we've got ourselves to a point that we're too busy to fulfill the calling sometimes that we have as a church. We just got to watch it. Because I know, I know as soon as you hear that, you're like me. You're like, oh my gosh, I don't even know what to do with that. Like, well, I'm, I am too busy. I know I'm too busy. I don't even know what to do with that. Pray about it. Pray about it. Let God lead you. Spend time in his word. Let God lead you. You want God to lead you? Spend time in his word and pray. See, see where that takes you. See where that sends you. Pray about what it looks like for you to invest your life in the lives of others. Somewhere along the way, there were people in your life that invested in your life. Maybe it was like one person's in particular or whatever. But if you really think about it, there are people that gave up so much time of their lives. Maybe they were Sunday school teachers. Maybe they were uh, ministers of some kind. Maybe uh, it was somebody that uh, you went to school with. It was a teacher. Maybe it was a, uh, somebody you worked with, just a friend. Maybe it was somebody at a ball field, but somewhere along the way, somebody invested in your life and is the reason, a lot of the reason that God used them as to why you are sitting in this room today or why you are watching online today. We have to be able to be those people to other people. We can't be too busy for that. If we're too busy for that, everything's out of whack. Like Chris, well, I just, you know, I don't know. I mean, just this season of life, whatever. Look, look, it's your season of life. You're in charge of it. Like you can make decisions about your season of life. Did you know that? Like we grew up and we get to make decisions, right? And you can be happy. Or you can be sad or whatever it may be. And listen, there's a lot of things, obviously, that, that you know, uh, cause some of those emotions sometimes. But, but we choose, like, which one of those paths we're going to go down. And that includes what's going on in our season of life. We're called to serve. We're called to serve. We're called to love folks. We can't give that up. Church can't be an ATM, you know, you know, it's like your Jesus ATM, like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, get my feel good and then we'll go do something else, okay? That's not a relationship with the Lord. That's a bigger thing is there, there's no investment for the kingdom there. Like the investment is like, what can we give? What can we put in for the kingdom? For the kingdom. One of my greatest investments, I think, uh, Money to money ratio wise was uh, one time I bought uh, a Hank Aaron rookie card at a pawn shop. People say you can't get a deal at a pawn shop. Hold my Mountain Dew. See what I did there, right? Okay. 
Um, you can. I got, I got this Hank Aaron rookie card. For I uh, got a couple other cards with it. All in all, $225 for the three. One of the best deals I've ever made. What's that thing worth now? A lot more than that. I'll just put it that way. But here's the truth. You know, as much fun as I, I think that is, and, and I'm glad, obviously, I'm like, you know, either I'm going to sell that to live one day or my kids are going to sell it one day when I'm dead or something, and they're going to be like, man, thanks, thanks, Dad, you know, whatever. I don't know. Uh, you know, uh, as, as much fun as all that is, and it's, like, good to know that you've got something, you know, to back you up, you know, from time to time if you need it. Uh, the truth is, is that stuff passes away. It passes away. Can't take it with us. I don't care how shiny it is. I don't care how nice it is. I don't care how rare it is. I don't care, you know, like, you know, the, what the portfolio has looked like for the last, you know, 30 years. It doesn't matter. We can't take it with us. It's not the investment in the kingdom. The question is, what is our investment in the kingdom? What's it look like? You may, and you may be sitting here going, man, I, I don't feel like I've been doing a good job of this. Look, I, I'm not here to beat you up about it. I'm here just to just lead you to the Lord and say, hey, pray about this. Let God lead you today in this. Let God speak to your heart about what it looks like for you to invest in the kingdom. What has he given you ability of? What's he given you the resources of? Whatever it may be. Diversify. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Serve the people serve in whatever way God's called you. Maybe God's calling you to serve in ministry. Great, do it. Go for it. Calling you to, you know, is, is your heart that you want people to, to, to feel at home when they come here to 24? Then great, be on, our, be on our greeting team. Be on our parking team with these guys who, you know, are saying hello to people as they're getting out of their cars and holding umbrellas for them in the rain and all this kind of stuff. You know, I mean, whatever it is, you know, is it that you want, you want to know your heart's for kids and you want to know that these kids are hearing about Jesus? And great, great. You got talents for that? Be, be a part of children's ministry. You know, go for it. Gospel family mission. Mission. So one of the principles that I had read about was this the investment principle. Be specific on your objectives and time frame. And you know what this reminded me of? It just straight up, just immediately, as soon as I read it, I was like, oh, that's, that's count the cost. That's count the cost. That's like, okay, we're going to go into this knowing that there's something bigger going on, uh, you know, that, we're, we, that we can invest in this ministry or that ministry, uh, you know, that, you know we, that God's given us a heart for ministry that we might follow that. And then and in this passage, which is really the heart of disciple-making, if you want to get just real honest with it, Luke 14. Luke 14 says this in verse 27. It says, whoever does not bear his own cross... And come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost whether he has enough to complete it. Now if you keep reading in that passage, what Jesus starts talking about, he's like, you know, like, you know, what if you're going to build this tower, but you run out of money and the tower is not completed, and people mock you. That's exactly what Jesus says in the passage, actually. And then furthermore in the passage, he goes, or if you're a king going into war, able with 10,000, 
but then you meet someone who comes against you with 20,000. That's not counting the cost. That's not like, you know. And I think for us as believers, I think we've got to recognize that this is a long-haul deal. In fact, Jesus finishes this passage off with, with this verse. In verse 33, he says, So therefore, any one of you who does not renounce all that he, uh, all that he has cannot be my disciples. What? Let me read that again. So therefore, anyone who does not renounce all that he has cannot be my disciple. And here we start to, here it's almost kind of sounding like giving principle here. Like, what, what are we talking about here? I think that this is Jesus, and, he's, and he's, he's not saying burn all your stuff, give it all away, although he does say give all your stuff away to some people in Scripture, and we see that throughout, and I think that, that should be a challenge to us. What he's saying here is he's saying, if that stuff is your God, I can't be. If, you, if, if that's your idol, if you've got an idol over here, I can't be yours. You can't take me and take it too. Come follow me. And, he, and he's saying, come follow me. Count the cost. Take up your cross. Let's go, right? And the heart for disciple making is a long haul. Keep going in that passage, and it, and it talks about winning the race. The runner running the race, to win the race. And you got to pace yourself. And, I, and, and here's what, I, I know we've seen this, and, and, maybe, and maybe you're here today. We've, we've seen this all throughout churches, uh, far and wide, here and there, that people get burned out. People get burned out serving at times, you know. And, and, and again, we've got to pace ourselves. We've got to be in this for the long haul. And it's okay to like, you know, sit back and say, hey, you know, we need to take a break, you know, for a second here. We've just got, you know, a moment here where we realize we need to just kind of hold back for a minute. That's okay. What's not okay is to like go on permanent vacation from the calling of being the church, of serving her, of investing for the kingdom. We can't just complete, we don't want to completely unplug and then be like, well, I'm never going back. I just retired, you know. If you're still breathing, God's got a plan for you. If you're still here, if you still got a heartbeat, God wants to use you for his kingdom. And he, and he has put you on this planet to see what you might do to invest for his glory. That's huge. That's mission. That's mission. In fact, furthermore, I was going down through, you know, some of those things I was talking about, those uh, investment principles, and, and one of them was put your money where your mouth is. You can't, you can't invest in something by just thinking about it or talking about it, right? There comes a point where you got to jump, right? Put your money... Where your mouth is can be literally just like it sounds. It can be actual giving. And I think for many of us, it, it needs to be because the truth is that, well, for all of us, we're, we're called to it. But we're called to it not because Jesus needs our money, but he knows that we'll make an idol out of it. And if you go back, and people, people ask me this question a lot. I get this question a lot. Like, Chris, what does it look like for us to 
biblically give? What does it look like uh, to biblically give? I'll tell you what, what our family does, okay, when it comes to our giving. I don't, don't mind sharing a little bit. Uh, about that personally. So the way I take the scriptures, I take the scriptures as a whole. We got Old Testament, we got New Testament. Uh, in the New Testament, Jesus just says, you know, sell it all and follow me kind of, kind of thing. You know, okay, that's very extreme. And that was a particular situation or whatever. And he knew that this guy wasn't going to do it. Uh, you know, what's, what's that mean to us? Well, if you look in the scriptures and you see the Old Testament, what we see in the Old Testament is we see this idea and this is part of the law or whatever, uh, you know, that there was a tithe, you know, that we'd give a tithe, you know, and so you say, okay, okay, Chris, do you think we're called to still give a tithe? Here's my answer to that question. I think it's a good place to start. A tithe 10% is a good place to start. You say, Chris, well, how, how do you, you know, what, what do you, what's your approach with this? Here's my approach with this, and here's my understanding of the scriptures with this. The reason that we're called to give and to call, to call to bring back a part of really what's his anyway. It's not ours. Like we're, we're just stewards of it. And he's just kind of waiting to see how we invest it, right? You know, it's like getting to run somebody else's, you know, deal, you know? And I think, I think really at the bottom line of the whole thing is, is that he wants us to give this portion back, not because he needs it, but because we need to not love it so much that we want to keep it. It's a heart issue for us. It's an idol issue for us. We spent a whole series called Idol Factory last year talking about idols and how we make you know, every, all these things, including good things, even relationships, kids, spouses, I mean, all kinds of stuff in the idols. You know? uh, but money is one of those things, and God knew it. That's why he talks about it so much through the Scriptures. He knew that that would be the same for us, and I truly believe that our calling to give, to bring back a portion, is to keep us from loving it too much. Matthew 6, verse 19, says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. Here you go, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Scripture leads us in that. And the question just really is like, what, where's our heart with that? What's the point in that? And like, Chris, why are you bringing that up with like talking about, you know, the, the church? Why is, that, why is that an important piece? Here's why it's an important piece. And I, and I think I just need to talk about this for just a second. Uh, for us as 24 church. Our people, this church, this body of believers is unbelievable. When, when, a, when a need arises, like our people are like, I'm, I'm there. I'm on it. Like, I'll, I'll write you a check now. I mean, like, I, I can't even tell you. It's, it's amazing. And it's awesome. But, but, God's not looking for one-time gifts. He's looking for our faithfulness. Just, just plain and simple. This is not a, not a guilt trip or anything like that. He's, just, he's looking for our faithfulness. And the truth is, is that even over the last uh, maybe 12 months or so, I, we've seen... You know, our finance team shares with us kind of what's going on and all this. You know, we've seen uh, a lot of folks just kind of fall off in the faithfulness category. Now, when it comes to like, hey, we're going we're gonna to have a one-time offering. We're going to give to the Hope Center. We're going to make it happen. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, people are like, oh, I'm stroking the check for that. We'll do that. But look, the truth is, is the Hope Center is just one piece of the puzzle. 
And that's part of why we do like this one, this one thing offering where, you know, whatever you give gets divided to go to all the things that we're feeling called to do as a church. And we're very transparent about all those things. If you have any questions about any of those things, we want you to know. But where the plane lands for us today, I just, I just want to say is I just, I just want to ask us as a church, like if this really is our church home, if this is what God has called us to, the Hope Center is a piece of that. We're excited about that. But as a whole, like the, all the other things that God's calling us to, buying vans for our student ministry, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and for bus ministry and, and all these other things that are going on, I mean, what, whatever it may be, all these little things that are happening, it's all pieces of the puzzle. It takes all of us together. It takes all of us together. So to answer, to go back and answer the question, my family, what we do is we started many years ago with giving 10%, and as time has allowed us, and, and we have just prayed over it and challenged ourselves financially, to just up that percentage even. Like, okay, can we, can we do a little more? Can we do a little more? And, and, and maybe God's blessed you more this year than he did last year, or maybe this year's tough. I, I don't know. I know, that, I know that it's kind of a crazy time. And maybe that's part of what we've seen this past year. We don't really know. But this is part of your church, so if it, and, and, if, and it's an important part of our church. And if this is your church and I don't ever talk about it, then you don't know. And you don't know. There's a financial need. There is a financial need right now within 24 Church. Now, if you look at our budget, like what the goal was to give to our budget for the year, it's been given, but like a hundred grand of it went to, you know, one thing, the Hope Center deal, which is great, again, fantastic, but we're lacking to be able to do other things that God's calling us to do. And again, if I don't talk about it, you don't know about it, how can you pray about it? Maybe God's wanting me to talk about it today so that some of us here today might pray, might rethink, might Pray again about what God is calling us to do with our giving. Another one of the principles that I read that really stuck out to me was this, and, and the scriptures just started flowing when I read this one. And this is our last one. It was get time on your side. Get time on your side. And I, I, when I first read that, I was like, what? What is that talking about? Get time on your side. And then, as I started reading about it, I, I realized what it's talking about. And it's that procrastination is the enemy. Procrastination is the enemy. We, we've got to pull the trigger. We can't afford to lose daylight on the possibilities that God has put in front of us. The sooner we start, the sooner we see results, right? And it, I mean, it makes sense with investments, right? You're thinking about an investment, you know, that you know you truly believe is going to go up. Well, I mean, the sooner you buy it, the cheaper it is. You know, the more it's worth later on, the more, you know, you've made later on when you sell it, whatever it may be. But when it comes down to this, I mean, this is, I think, so true for so many of us. Again, you know, because there's we're in this generation, you know, a lot of people make comments like, oh, this generation's soft or whatever, like I... I don't know anything about that. I, 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 see, I see kids, I see millennials that can work hard and do work harder. There are people out there that don't absolutely, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, you know, I just know that God has called us to not sit on our laurels. And he's calling us to go now. And there's an urgency to the scriptures. If we look at the scriptures as a whole, and in fact, this was, this was an, uh, an interesting thing, and I heard Trip Lee kind of do just a little 
thing about this, uh, you know, specific to this passage out of James chapter 4, where he's, where he's talking specifically a little bit about this. In James 4, 13, it says this, it says, come now, you who say today, uh, say today or tomorrow, we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a midst that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is a sin. Bottom line, procrastination is pride. And pride is sin. Reread that 10 times today and see if you disagree with those statements. Procrastination is pride, and pride is sin. Verse 16, he gets right to it. He says, as it is, you boast in your arrogance. All your boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. Ephesians 5.15 says this. It says, look carefully then how you walk not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. What is the will of the Lord? Let me tell you, Him glorified in us, that we would glorify Him in everything that we do. I, listen, we're not concerned about 24 Church, the name of 24 Church being famous here, folks. We're, we're concerned today about the name of Jesus being famous, okay? We're not concerned about any pastors being famous. We're concerned about Jesus being famous. We want people to know Him more than anything else that we got going on around here. We can have the best programs. We can have the best music. We can have... Whatever the preaching is, whatever it is, at the end of the day, what we want is we want people to fall in love with the Savior. Are we about that? Can we be about that? Is that our mission? Is that what God's calling us to? The gospel, the family, the mission? Can we, can we be that gospel family to people who've never even met Jesus? People that are moving here from other states right now? There's no accident to that. 18 years ago, we decided to start a church here because we believed that people would move here and need a church to come to where they wouldn't know anybody and that there needed to be a group of people that will love them. Can we get out of our comfort zones and not always talk to the same people that we talk to all the time and meet new people? There are so many new people here right now. By the way, thank you for being here. Thank you for being here. Please hang in there with us until we get around and, and, and out of our comfort zones to love you well because we are glad that you're here. We are glad that you're here. Last thing. Psalm 37, 4. Psalm 37, 4. I got a chance to speak to a, one of our high school, local high schools, private school, obviously, um, this past week. And it was a very like, hey, can you come? Somebody bowed out like last minute. Can you come cover? And I said, yeah, I'll do it. And, uh, and then uh, well, I won't get into it. But anyway, I, I, I taught this verse by itself. It was like one of the hardest things I've done in a long time was to teach one verse. And I taught this one verse. 
Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Let me tell you something. That, that verse right there, you could take that verse, and you could run off with that second part of that verse, and you could make that so, so sound and good to whatever you want, right? But it's not just the second part. There's a first part. And what's it say? Delight yourself in the Lord. You know what that means? Find your joy in the Lord. You know what happens when we find our joy in the Lord? First of all, it's the only thing that has lasting joy. He is the only thing that has lasting joy. He is the only thing that can give us true peace. This surpasses all understanding. When we find our joy in the Lord, our hearts begin to change to look like His heart. Then, then He will give us the desires of our heart. Because why? Because it's His desires. And He knows His desires are what's good for us. Because left us and our desires, oh, we'd be stupid. Oh, we'd be stupid. Oh, we'd be like, we'd be like, we'd be like three wishes from a genie, stupid. <laughs> right? Well, let me think about this. First of all, I need unlimited wishes. Let's go with that one for one, you know. I mean, we'd just be stupid, right? We would, we would acquire and I'm speaking for myself, we'd acquire and accumulate the dumbest stuff. There, there's a lot of reasons why I don't have a lot of money. I would have so many stupid cars. You know, it'd be so ridiculous. You know, you guys would have to fire me probably at some point and be like, you know, you just, you just completely off here. Delight yourself in the Lord. Find your joy in the Lord and he will give you those desires that he puts in your heart. He will give. He will give. He will give. He will give, period. Not we will get. He will give. So it has to start here for us as his body, as his church, as his bride. It has to start here. Folks, we have a great opportunity to invest in the kingdom of God by investing in his bride. Jesus died for her called us to love her, allows us to be a part of her, and is allowing us to cherish her as he did. And folks, she is totally worth the investment. How do you invest? I don't know. Start with prayer. Start with asking the Lord to show you what it looks like. Maybe Maybe it's one of these things. Maybe it's something completely off from something I talked about today. Maybe it's serving others, being a part of ministry here, asking and praying about what does it look like to do ministry on ball fields, uh, whatever it may be. Uh, but just know this, procrastination is the enemy and pride is sin. Don't wait. Come out of retirement and serve your Savior. Love His bride Give to her in whatever way he calls you to, whether it's your time and investing in people, whether it's your talents and the things that you're good at, whether it's your treasure that God has blessed you with money, whatever it may be, just be faithful. And for those of us and anyone that's listening today, 
that's never trusted in Jesus to be your Savior, I pray that you would trust in Him today. I'd love to talk with you and pray with you about what that is as soon as I walk out to the foyer. As soon as I'm done here, I'd be glad to do so. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for how it helps to shape our direction and guide us in where we go. God, I pray that we would be a church that is faithful, full of people that are faithful to you. Lord, I don't even, I'm not even sure I know what that looks like. Lord, I'm praying for it. I'm praying that we could be a body of believers that is full of people that are faithful to you. God, thank you for being faithful to us. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for his bride. Thank you for allowing us to be a part of getting to worship you, to bring you glory. God, I pray that we would show up. God, I pray that we would come off part-time and go on full-time. God, with everything in our life for you. God, help us to follow you. God, even, even in hard moments, God, I pray that you would remind us of the joy that comes from you, you alone. May we invest for that, for that in the lives of others, in our lives, in our families' lives. God, I pray, Lord, that moms and dads would be seen by their kids as people who love you more than anything else in this world. God, lead us, guide us through this. We ask all this in your son's name.